1: It's time for... Red Star and Reveal! With your host...
2: Welcome to Rat Salad Review.
3: What's up, everybody? Hey, how you? Doing good. And this uh-huh. is the one time this episode, this show, that we're going to say, hello, baby dots. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hello, baby
2: bats. And hello, goth dad.
4: Oh, hi there. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> yes, indeed. Hello to all the, the dearest baby bats that are out there <laughs> in, the, in the internet, watching on the YouTubes, as a dad would say. <laughs> you got YouTube,
0: you have to like make it like yeah. the double capitalization.
4: Yeah, that's like standard dad fare to add like unnecessary these and s's to things. You know, oh,
5: oh <laughs> like, yeah, you, oh yeah. Uh, I see
4: you're on the uh the facebooks there. Yeah, well, oh, geez, <laughs> I remember. When we had yearbooks, we didn't have to have Facebooks, but you know, it's just <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I,
5: I was watching um, an interview with you earlier and it had me rolling, man, because I live in Minneapolis currently. And uh-huh. while I'm not related to someone, I work with a guy that makes up those thousand dad jokes on the spot, oh, which nice. no one gets but him and aren't <laughs> funny. And he ends most of them with, Oh, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's just such a like I I feel like there's something about the the Midwest, like especially Minnesota, like Wisconsin accent, that just is so hilariously dad centric. And I don't know. I mean, it just has always made sense to me. I think people are always like I the the number one question I get asked is is like aside from like are you from the Midwest, which I'm not, which is like hilarious, but the number one question is probably like uh you know where like where did this come from um and like why the the accent and i'm like i don't know man i just it just <laughs> it really there's something about it you know uh that just struck me as like that's it that like that's what this dude has to sound like
0: but yeah. so, um, so like you never had like a trooper or anybody from the midwest that that had that thick that thick minnesota accent there
4: no i mean like i've been around people like in the military that had it but uh you know the character of goth dad himself uh you know the, the, I, i'll kind of give you guys like the background if, if you're if that's something that that you want yes, me to go course. into yeah. so hey, basically please. You know, Got Dad was like uh, when I write music, I I write what I call scratch tracks, which is like a very non-technical musician term for me that uh, it's when I'm like making a song and I'm and I'm just kind of like I have maybe the basic melody of the guitar work and the drums and all that, you know, all the background, like the bones of the song. And um, I'll make these kind of scratch tracks to, to kind of conceptualize like a vocal harmony or or melody. And a lot of the times I make like, uh, I make just sort of like bullshit, like lyrics that don't make any sense. And I'll kind of just (laughs) sing them either in my head or out loud. And, um, when it came to the got dad video, it was like on TikTok, And I was just like, you know, I had written this cool riff and I was like, you know, I was, I don't know what it was. I was thinking about dads a lot lately because my dad had just, uh, moved with my mom up to Vermont and, um, I had just met our bass player uh, Dan's parents and so I was just like I I guess I just had dads on the mind (laughs) but um I you know something about that just like funny concept of like my dad is like a really big dad joker and uh I I was like what if you know what if the song was like about like I don't know a a dad who's like really heavily goth because I had also recently seen this meme like and I don't know it might have been the onion or something but it was like being goth after 50 and like it just shows these like senior citizens you know and it's like i mean these people are like in their probably 70s of the picture they show but i I thought that was kind of funny so anyway that's where it just that's like the genesis of the idea and i wrote that song and i put it out on tiktok and like people were like holy shit this is hilarious and i was like i guess it you know i mean i didn't even it's just like some dumb thing that i came up with but um and then i was kind of thinking about it i was like man you know this is like a good like character thing and i i did a lot of like acting stuff when i was a kid you know i was in drama in high school and um i i participated in some like short film stuff in my adult uh in adult years and you know so i was like okay well i think i can like flesh this out and i've always been really weirdly good at um accents right. so i was like all right well And that's just, that's like, that's it. It's like, I mean, he's like a composite of like my dad with the horrible jokes. And then like Dan's dad who unfortunately passed away uh, not too long ago, but he, he's had this insanely thick, like (laughs) we went to this like restaurant and Dan uh, was like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, don't be alarmed at like how Midwestern my parents are. I was like, all right, I won't be alarmed. And then I got there and I was like, Jesus Christ, man, these people are fucking extraordinarily uh, Midwestern, but uh, you know, they're really endearing. And again, it's just that like, there's some like weird, like wholesome thing about it that I just think is really endearing. And, and, uh, and I guess ultimately for me, like that character concept is sort of purely wholesome uh he's extremely embarrassing and cheesy and cringy, and that's like the point. And I think that works well because like TikTok is in- inherently cheesy, cringy and embarrassing. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean I get to like I am that way too. Like I'm you know, I'm slowly but surely becoming my father, uh sorry, goth, goth version of my dad. So. But anyway. <laughs>
1: No, are
3: you, are I hear you. I just don't want to grow the mustache like my dad did. So uh mm. that I'm not gonna do <laughs> same
4: here. Yeah. My dad has a really wicked, like awesome mustache, but I, I'm like, uh, not for me. <laughs> Dude, Lou,
0: I would love for you to become the Greek goth dad. That'd be hilarious. I, I first of all I wouldn't Dude.
3: insult my goth friends out there. I, I would be I would be Greek metal dad and uh there you go. I'd probably wear Iron Maiden shirts, wear a bald cap, and just put on a fake mustache. But I don't yeah, know. Please, have no one out there too. take my you, gotta, you gotta
0: do you gotta do the, the bead
3: flicking while you're doing it too. Oh, the bead flicking. <laughs> Now go back to smoking parliaments again. Anyways, move right (laughs) along.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, that's too funny. But uh, give us a, a goth dad joke. You got one off the top of your head?
4: uh let's see the one that i told this we did a show in uh savannah and somebody was like tell that joke," and that's like i guess the, that's become <laughs> that's the thing it's like i have to say at least one at every show because people yeah. are like what like if i don't you know because i try to have like some relative level of separation where i'm like all right this is not going to become like goth dad stand-up hour but i'll give you like one joke <laughs> Uh, and my favorite one that I told recently was—I I still get a laugh out of this because I actually some of them I just like find they're just like kind of Halloween jokes, but uh, this one I actually came up with, which was uh, uh, what's a, what's a goth's favorite bakery, Bella Lugosi's bread, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, that I was pretty proud of that one because like when I do come up with the the ones that are actually funny, I'm like, damn, that's that took. Yeah. One of the two firing neurons remaining in my brain to like connect. (laughs) You
3: you guys did get that joke, right? I was called, so. Lose, Lose, Oh yes, yes, okay. yeah. yes. I, <laughs> they're they're like it's
0: just oh, not, not very funny. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved no, it. No, no, so. no. There, there was there Are was yeah. a whole. I was just trying to trying not to over overpower the laugh there. Oh, it's <laughs> but the, it's what because like you said, you were in Savannah. That's a kind of a target-rich environment for for the macabre and the death there. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, spend a lot of time training down there too. So oh, that's cool. Uh, that's a fun place to yeah. Go yeah it's one see. of my
4: favorite cities in the southeast uh you know there's there's not a lot of like grunting contenders for cool places in georgia as it turns out uh but like <laughs> no no there's i not. mean you know athens really savannah and then you've got like parts of atlanta uh but i kind of fucking hate atlanta because the traffic is like a true nightmare and then you know the the northern. Uh, as as it looks like you're s- sitting in front of like the North Georgia mountains right. Now, I am kinda. I am in Knoxville, <laughs> Tennessee, and I'm <laughs> stationed in,
0: in in Chattanooga. So, okay, sweet. Yeah, sweet. I, I, I deal with yeah I deal with North Georgia, squidbilly Country, and
4: yeah, oh yeah, that's actually based on uh, oh. several counties in Georgia to include the county I went to high school in, which is Oglethorpe County, Georgia. Oh gosh, <laughs> or- Oh yes, Oglethorpe. Yeah, we have
0: spent enough time in Catoosa. So yeah, I, I can't believe there's an there.
3: exit on the high in atlanta that says tyler perry studios there right yeah. now it's like really i
4: mean is it that frequently visited <laughs> jeez you'd be surprised i bet i mean i bet there's people like left and right going to that but but I mean, you could throw yeah. a rock and hit the so so deaf
0: uh, mm-hmm. place right there so yeah,
4: But like Atlanta is becoming a uh, hub for film because we have like a big tax credit. So it's kind of being known as like the new Hollywood, which is cool. I mean, uh, we have seen a lot of movies filmed here in the past 10 years uh, and it's becoming like really regular. As a matter of fact, fun, fun uh, that we mentioned Savannah. Uh, they were filming the next Halloween movie while we were there. So that was oh, kind of really? cool. Oh, and I God. really wanted to drunkenly stumble onto the scene, but uh, there were like a lot of cops. So yeah, that was probably <laughs> which, not a good idea.
0: Which people don't know about Savannah. Savannah is an open carry city. So you can be easily walking around getting blasted and may or may not have participated a few times on the, the yeah. best one is the haunted pub crawl where you get to run around the uh, ghost stories while drinking beer.
4: Yeah. yeah it's i mean it's a cool city it's i mean it's very uh steeped in history and way
0: way better than charleston
4: yeah yeah you just get your plastic cup and you're good to Mm -hmm. go you can drink downtown and it's nobody (laughs) gives a shit which is nice so
2: (laughs) now uh, a vision video um actually i got the cd right here oh cool Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> yeah, No problem. I, I actually I heard of you on TikTok. That's oh, nice. I, I contacted you on and uh, some one of your friends, uh, some girl, I can't think of the name right now, but you were in a She was in a cemetery and then there was a casket laying on the ground and she opens it and you pop out. And you uh, Maddie. New.
4: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I follow her. She's, <laughs> She's great.
2: She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you do one of your got jokes. And in the background you had uh what's in my side and uh, mm-hmm. she had it on in my side yeah. the, uh music. Um so I heard that and I'm like that sounds really cool. So I looked it up and
4: listened to the whole song and I enjoyed it. I only listened cool. to the whole song.
2: I said I gotta buy the album. So I oh it
4: thanks. Well, thanks for it. thanks for the support. It, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah, uh that record was our first record. That's our debut. Uh it's called Inked in Red. And, uh, we put that out uh, almost a uh, a year ago, uh, next month. Uh, I think no, no, no two months in April, it'll be a year, which is so bizarre, uh, because it feels like a lot longer in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, that that's like the culmination of a couple of years of just like really intensely hard work, uh, on behalf of the four members of the band. Well, I guess it's technically five members. It's, uh, myself playing guitar and, and, uh, lead vocals, uh, co-vocals and um, keys are Emily Freedock, uh, Jason Fusco on drums. And then originally we had uh, Dan Geller on bass. Uh, and now we actually have um, Tom Ashton, who was in the famed goth band called the March Violets. Uh, he's playing bass for Dan on tour, um, and he's helping write a bit for the second record. So, um, but yeah. March Violets, they were on the um, Some Kind of Wonderful soundtrack. Yep. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. That's okay. there that's they they did uh the big songs are Snake Dance and Walk into the Sun. Uh, and then the one track that I can't remember off the top of my head for um Some Kind of Wonderful, which is I mean a great movie. And it's really fun because you can actually watch that and they're like in it. They're the band, they're the backing band, like at the big party. Oh, really? So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. They did like I think two or three songs for that. Um, but Tom's cool, you know, he's he's a lot of fun. He's from Leeds, England, and uh, He's like a really interesting guy to be around because he was fun fact, uh, he was actually the original guitarist for the Sisters of Mercy. And then Ooh. like Sisters and the Violets were both like doing really well. But he was like, I have to pick one of these. So he picked the violets because the bass player Lawrence was like his best friend from youth. So, mm. you know, just stand to reason that he would go with him. But um, yeah. And I, and my, I often joke, I'm like, do you think you picked the right one? He's like, yeah. You know, cause <laughs> I, I guess, it, you know, success aside, like they did really well in the eighties. I think that, you know, the sisters had a bit more over like international success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think if you, if you measure your, your accomplishments in terms of like finance mm-hmm. and stuff, when it comes to art, you know, you're kind of selling yourself short quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um uh so I think and in, in in a way of synchronicity, maybe it's a good thing that he didn't because he wouldn't be hanging out with us making this music and doing this project, which I think has a lot of promise and and uh, a lot of meaning, more importantly. So yeah. how did you get involved with him? <laughs> this is actually a really funny story. So uh <laughs> we were so i i dj like our local goth night in athens which is like a it's a once every three months kind of affair we don't have a very big scene it's kind of grown quite a bit in the past Mm -hmm. few years but uh it's 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 reasonable enough that like once every three months you're going to have 150 people and it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. but um when we first started doing it I was, this is kind of, this is before vision video or anything. I was just kind of freshly back out of the military uh, here in Athens. I moved, I left the army in 2016 and I moved back and I was uh, DJing on the rooftop of our famous Georgia theater, which is like a big rooftop bar on the, on the top of that venue. And I was playing snake dance by the March violets, which is like one of my favorite goth dance songs like it's just super it's got this like sneering punky guitar to it and you know that like nice little lindrum uh drum machine going off and the the vocals are just spooky and weird but like beautifully done it's just a, it's an overall great song and it always fills the dance floor uh so i'm playing this song and i'm just like hammered out of my mind and um somebody uh, a friend of mine this english woman or maybe she's welsh but anyway, she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, Dusty, uh, you know, Tom Ashton is here. And I was like, who the fuck is Tom Ashton? <laughs> and she's like the guy that's playing the guitar in that song, you goon. And I was like, Oh shit. And she's like, well, I'll introduce you. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, so she shit. brings him over and I'm like beat red. And I'm just like, dude, like it's a great song. And he's like, you know, oh, it's good to meet you, and blah blah blah, and and you know we just became like immediate friends. It's one of those things, like you know, when you just like start talking to somebody, and like two minutes in, you're like, oh hell yeah, like I'm gonna know this person pretty well. It was exactly like that, and it was really cool. But we got uh, done with the night, and he's like, hey, um, you know, I run a studio out of my house now. Like I've got a full studio in this. Uh, uh, basically, um, they have like a finished basement that he turned into a studio. And he's like, hey, man, if you, you know, I know you I, at that po- at that point in time, I had been working on some project that I had been calling agonal gasps. And it was basically this like solo, very synth heavy, John Carpenter, dancey, like horror inspired stuff. But um, I, I, I showed him some of that and he was like, well, you know, let's record it. You know, and blah blah blah, and then, but at, simultaneously, I, I was working with, uh, there. This kind of segues into the, how the band formed. Uh, Jason Fusco, our drummer, is a, a phenomenal. He's kind of based in punk rock. He plays in a band called Shehehe, he, which is a it's him, and his wife, and their friend Noel, and they're just amazing. It's kind of like seventies jet punk. But um, he uh, he had been hearing some stuff I'd been posting on like Facebook or something. It's just like, hey, here's what I'm working on, and he's like, let me put some drums behind that and that's and that's just kind of how it started and then like right after that dan dan was in a band in the early 2000s called uh in two bands that did really or yeah two bands that were pretty big he was in the agenda which was one of those like kind of brit pop punk throwback bands that just exploded in the early 2000s and then he was in a another band called i am the world trade center which was before 9-11 but um and and he he's like a I used to break into these like clubs to go see him when I was too young to to get in. So uh, he asked to join the band. Cause he was like, man, I really like what you guys have been doing. And then it just so happened that we found our friend, uh, Emily, who is a classically trained pianist. And we're like, we've been looking for a keyboard player. There you go. So, you know, it's it, Athens. That's like, I guess, this whole story encapsulates like why I'm here in Athens because when I left the military, I thought about going to Berlin. I was, I was stationed in Germany. Cause I'm from Berlin originally. And like, I was like, Oh man, I could stay here and like go to school for free. Like you can get your master's degree for free. Um, and I was like, ah, but I want to go play music. And that's, and it, it totally, uh, verified, the, the reason and legit, legitimized the reason for me to come back here was that like Athens is a music town and it's it's cheap and it's just you meet like so cool so such amazing and cool people all the time who are like hey are you in a band do you want to be in a band and you're like yes <laughs> like let's do this so uh yeah it's been a it's been a really satisfying experience in that way
2: cool that's Sounds like it has been. Jeez, I mean, you got people easily making a band. It's, you know that's awesome. It's not yeah. like where we are. I'm, I'm in Long Island, so is Lou. Uh, mm. You know, because we we we've both been in bands too and trying to find musicians to play with us and stuff like that. You know, it's not easy. You know,
0: yeah, because you, you're not in a southeastern conference college town. That's your problem.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: like in Knoxville, we've got you know we could throw rocks and hit great bands, and yet you yeah. know you're down in Athens. Unfortunately, the, the fans
3: there bark a little bit, but you know, I can't help but <laughs> that. I went to a college where they um, uh, stopped funding the football team. The St. John's oh, football man. team was considered the worst in the conference. My sophomore year, there was no more football team. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's like heresy down here, man. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's,
0: bla- that's blaspheming. You can't be
4: doing no blasphemy <laughs> I <mean>, down here. <laughs> Georgia football, we're the national champs now, too. Oh, so, like, oh. I mean, you know, and I, 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 like I, went a, to, I went to Tennessee, so... I'm, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> I have a love-hate love, kind of thing with the Bulldogs here, because, like, I mean, I, I'm alumni to Georgia, and, you know, I, I think... I hate it when people are like, oh, fucking sports ball. Like, meh. Like, dude, you're hipster bullshit. Like, I can't stand that. Like, just let people enjoy things. Agreed. Like, even if, you, even if you don't like it, don't be like, eh, sports ball. Like, it's just like a bunch of... Like, uh, oh, you want to know what it is? It's a bunch of amazing people that have worked their whole lives to do one thing and they're really good at it. And that's like something to be respected and commended. And uh, so there's a lot of that here in Athens, too, where people are like the football and I'm like, yeah, OK, don't watch it, dude. Like, <laughs> but it also brings you like a ton of money. And like all those people that are saying that shit are like service industry people, which I can talk shit on them because I'm a bartender, too. So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm about, <laughs> about to
0: say it's all fun and games until you don't have that. Nine, those 90,000 drunk people. Yeah, yeah. Entire- it's not just the people that go into the stadium; it's everybody around there that just exactly. goes for the party. So,
4: exactly, and like you know, I mean, it's I, I just the, the 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 town is predicated on it, and I understand like why they get upset because like when we when we I didn't do anything when the the UGA football team won the national championship like all these drunk frat kids like destroyed like Clayton street, which is like our main street in downtown. And it really, I mean, it did piss me off because like when I wasn't there, cause I was working in the fire department, but the day prior, I was down like at the protest for BLM. And, you know, when that shit was kicking off, you know, year and a half ago, and I was there to show my support and something that I believed in peacefully. And it was totally peaceful. And then that night when I went home to go get ready to go to work at the fire department, 30 of my friends got tear gassed for like literally no reason because they're just sitting at a Confederate monument, like literally sitting there having a conversation with one of the County commissioners about how to, you know, make things better in this country. And the fucking governor ordered the police to come in and tear gas them, but they, you don't see it happening to the rich white kids down on Clayton because they tore up an entire town. But, you know, so like there's legitimate grievance, but it's also like, like, just like I said, just let people enjoy shit. You know, like there's enough like grief out there. We don't need to like generate grief. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so silly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so it's a double edged sword. But uh, like I said, I have a lot of love and I won't call it hate, but not so much love for this town. <laughs> <laughs> Proper <Okay>. content. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what made you
2: get into the military?
4: <laughs> oh, man. How far down the rabbit hole do we want to go? No, I'm no, just kidding. Well, um, you know, there's, 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 there's two of us in here, Wayne. Let's. Yeah, I was going to say there's also it. a military guy right here. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it was really, I joined in 2007. Like I was a high school dropout. I had a GED. I, I, and it wasn't, you know, due to academic problems or anything. I just, you know, I went to Oglethorpe County High School and I was just like, I'm not learning anything. So uh, I had a job at a car parts factory I got out and I was just like you know I was going to this like technical school Athens Tech and it's a great school it's like really it's actually phenomenal it's very cheap and it's very effective I learned a lot there uh, but I, I you know I was just like 19 year old kid and I was like still kind of in the goth scene in Atlanta but I was like kind of getting away from it because it, it was too far away. So I didn't feel a lot of scent, like sense community, even though I, I love the music and I never stopped listening to it. But um, I was just like, I was wasting a lot of time. I was smoking a lot of weed and like reading a lot of like really – heady like french existentialist stuff like Camus and Sartre and all this stuff i'm like you know like ah, also, yeah what yeah, yeah i mean you know i mean obviously like the cure you know killing exactly. an Arab and all this stuff. it, killing it pushes, an Arab you, yet. pushes you to, to, to interesting places but um yeah like i i, I don't know it was it, my dad was in the military for like uh almost 20 years and he got medically retired and I, you know, the wars were both like really kicking in 20 or 2007. And I just, I I had this like strange feeling that if I didn't do it and go and do something, either the military or something else, like really dramatic and drastic to change who I was and to find myself that I was going to just sort of evaporate into the, the mediocrity that you can get into in a town like Athens. Cause Athens has these like, never neverland boys that have just been here forever and it's like i mean there's nothing wrong with them i'm not like i'm not pointing at anybody being like hey fuck you dude like why didn't you ever leave it's easy it's really easy in a place like this it's a lot of fun it's super cheap there's great music uh but unless you're working really hard to like do something further it's it's just super easy to get into this like insane rut and I, at 19, I was feeling that I was like, damn, like if I don't get out of here and go do something, I'm never going to do anything. Right. Um, so I joined and I joined, like I, I enlisted first in the national guard here in Georgia as infantry. And I kind of realized that that was a big mistake because at that point I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to see like reality and just i didn't i didn't like really believe in anything that we were doing i kind of felt my gut like ah, this is probably wrong mm-hmm. but i just wanted to be part of of history and part of something bigger than myself and um i i got put in this unit that had been just like constantly deployed since 2001 so they were like sort of put on georgia qrf which is like if anything happens around here we're going to send you guys uh, so I tried really hard to deploy for a couple of years, but that's when the housing market collapsed. So everybody in the national guard was just like, all right, let's, I'll volunteer. And everybody just went. So it was actually, it became kind of hard to deploy for a while. And, um, so I realized like, Hey, I've got to go get a commission and become an officer, go active duty. Cause that's the only way I can get out of my enlistment. So I finished my degree at UGA at that point, I had gotten to Georgia and I, got over there and you know I mean it just it's just one of those things where it just like it led me down a path of a lot of self-realization which I'm very happy and proud of like I'm I'm glad that I did figure out who I was and I did get tested in ways that were uncomfortable but made me go oh okay yeah like I know my limit or I know like my I know that I have humanity and empathy and I do legitimately care about people. Cause there were times where I could have taken the easier wrong than the harder right in, in Afghanistan. And, um, you know, so, but ultimately like I got back with, from all that and I was like, dude, this thing is a big fucking lie. Like they, it's a giant business and it's, you know, they, they, they're really good at social engineering and making everybody feel a lot of feelings about like why we should go to war, uh, and even if it's like kind of justified, they're gonna they're just it's like so much rhetoric that they just dump on people. And I just I was like, man, I just can't like do that anymore. So I came back into the reserves for a couple of years and like technically i guess technically speaking i'm still fucking in because i got a, a email I, we, or, we saw, we saw, I saw the know. video yeah <laughs> yeah i got a call like a month and a half ago hey, congratulations like, hey are you coming to drill this weekend i was like what are you talking about dude you're <laughs> like uh you like we have you listed you you just been like absent and i'm like dude i've been
0: getting paid you've been the you've yeah but that I forget the guy with the stapler from Office Space. you just been yeah. that guy. Milton. Yeah. <laughs> You've been <laughs> yeah. Milton
4: the entire time. Yeah, they've just been moving my desk everywhere, but yeah, that's, know, that's it. all good. I'm burning sorted. it to the ground. Yeah, uh, I've I that's about how I felt when they called me. I mean, because this guy was like dead serious. He's like, "You need to come in." I was like, "Dude, I'm not coming in, dog." Like, because it was another captain. So I, he's just a peer, and I'm like, you know, and this is a guy that you could tell he's like used to throwing his rank around because once you get to captain, like, you're not like a peon anymore in the officer ranks. And I was like nah dude like i think i literally said nah dude (laughs) uh, you're better than what i would have dropped which
0: is you know because i'm in e5 i'd be like with all due respect sir yeah oh yeah
4: (laughs) yeah no i was just like uh nope sorry dude like i'm not gonna be there because i was going to play a show i was like there's no fucking chance like i'm going to i think where were we going we're going to like florida or something yeah. and i was like there's no way
0: I'm, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I hate to say this but i might be doing the same thing next week for for missing
3: drill to go to a tool concert so hey sometimes <laughs> you, just way, you gotta just do say, it <laughs> you can just tell your captain with all due respect sir bite me gomer that's yeah. what you could say <laughs>
4: Tools worth it. I mean, yeah, I've, exactly, seen, I've yeah. seen them live once, so I was yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited I've never seen them live and I'm driving uh, all
0: the way to Kentucky to go see them. Yeah, so.
4: you'll you'll dig it, man. It's it's a spectacle. I mean, it's exactly what you want it to be. Like I'm not even the biggest Tool fan in the world, but I I like them a lot and I, I mean, I was like, "Holy shit, that's that's up there." I mean, it's I, w- I don't, it's and it's,
0: yeah, and it's in the ca- in the capital of Bourbon, so I'm oh. definitely not I'm I've definitely got a military reputation to uphold of being severely intoxicated when that's going down
4: yeah (laughs) if you're not embarrassing your branch of service then what are you really doing?
0: i'm I'm air force sir so we you know we've had the pinky up you know
4: oh yeah there's nothing wrong (laughs) with that
2: (laughs) a ridiculous uh tool thing since we're talking about tool right now i saw the other day they're uh only going to sell it at their concerts right now but a limited edition of the vinyl yeah (laughs) and they're signing it they want 800 dollars yeah We are actually yeah, talking about that.
5: that. <laughs> Eight hundred dollars—that much money—you better get a bottle of fucking Robotus and DM with it, so you can actually enjoy that. Record.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Wow. I was, <laughs> there, there's a certain level of pretense that just becomes like unpalatable. We're we're at the studio tonight, uh, recording. We're actually recording our second record right now, and uh, our bass player Dan brought that up, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like?" Man. I mean, at what point? Like, I, I just think like you get to a certain level of like fame and notoriety where you just like exist in an alternate reality, and it's, I mean, I just can't imagine like what 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 must go through somebody's head to be like, well, I've already got like millions of dollars, but you know, it'd be nice like a fuck ton Another more million. like i don't know man like i've lived I mean, off government checks for so long that i'm like if somebody gave me like a million dollars i'd be like i'm fucking scared man like, <laughs> i would be like legitimately like afraid like because yeah. i would just be like i'm gonna like i i, I don't want to touch it like am i gonna break a million dollars like i don't know what you know Anyway, exactly i mean
0: like i got the lateralis on vinyl and it's freaking yeah. awesome but i'm not gonna freaking i'm like I feel you know like conflicted to putting that on the record, little alone yeah. just <laughs> something I paid
4: eight hundred dollars for to get yeah. the heck out of that's, here. That's that's just like I'll spend no, on, I, I'll spend it on Pappy instead. I would get it if yeah, there you go. That's a much better investment. Uh I would I would understand it if it was like we have three of these. Right. Three. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> but I guarantee you there's like Five thousand of them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's probably insane. It's ridiculous.
3: Ridiculous. I mean, we, we can't get people to buy our merch. They were going to shell out eight hundred dollars for our tool signatures. <laughs> no. I already know somebody yeah. who bought one. Right? What? The
2: Damn, thing. man. Because I, no, I, I gave I'm you saw the thing on in. Facebook and I go, "Who's going to buy that?" You know, I know somebody will. <laughs> and then Somebody yeah. commented. I already know somebody that bought it. So I was yeah. like, I
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, here, here I am. I'm just jazzed to get a t-shirt. Gosh bless. Yeah.
3: Make sure you bring a hundo.
0: Well, so I know. Maybe, right now, now I'm afraid. I'm gonna be like, yo, I'm I might have to go get the bootleg guy off the street. Down.
2: <laughs> maybe one day we'll have the Vision Video $800 uh, vinyl
4: limited nah, edition. now nah, that comes with like a shoe polish and like a back rub. <laughs> well, at least we get something out of that Yeah, and exactly. and a <laughs> signed copy of Report to Duty. Yeah, <laughs> you get my DD-214 with that. My, my release. oh I.
5: I'd take one of the costumes from one of the music videos. Love
4: the videos. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that's, you know, that's, that's like, if you're going to ask some exorbitant amount of money, like it's got to be something better than your signature dude. Like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's just so like cheesy. Like, I don't know. I feel like some some incentive. Yeah. Like it's got to be like something that, that actually has like relative value, you know, which is such a, I mean, that's such a nebulous thing these days, but I don't know. Like, like, uh, okay. For example, this is, I mean, like we, uh, our manager is like hooking up uh a series of like NFTs for us and we're actually going to do it in a cool way. Uh, because NFTs. like, I, you know, he was like, Oh, you guys should like, think about this. We've got this these guys that are wanting to do this with y'all and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, like, I know nothing about it. And it sounds like fiat that's, bullshit to me, yeah, but it's a big thing right now, but it's, but there's there's actual cool things that you can do with it so uh the thing that we're gonna we're gonna do in the next few months here is we're gonna create a series of like nfts that have actual real world value so it's not just like i have the vision video goth dad pipe nft you know like some eight bit jpeg (laughs) it's gonna be like card coded into the nft so there's two things that we're doing with it that i that i was like really insistent on i told them number one it has to go to charity like mm-hmm. every time so like anytime you exchange hands with an nft it goes some proceeds uh go to like the original owners so it is like generating income for the band mm-hmm. but it i was like it has to generate income for like a cat rescue and like PTSD awareness fund or something like that. And they're like, yep. And, the, and this group was like, we don't do anything that doesn't uh, involve some level of uh, charity funds. So that's already done. But the the cool thing for the fans uh, is that we're, we're like hard riding into the, the code. If you're the owner of that NFT um, you basically will be able to get in any of our shows for free, like forever. Wow so cool it becomes inherently more valuable valuable. right you know the more that we grow and hopefully we grow further you know uh but the more that we grow the more value that that thing has and uh, you can sell it which is going to make the band some money it'll make you the holder money and it'll also donate to charity but then it also goes to a fan who's like awesome i love vision video i'm i go around and i see them as much as i can now i can go do that and then we'll probably do one that's like Come to the green room with us and actually hang out whenever you want, you know, uh, with the addendum that like we have to vet you first, because if you're like not somebody that we want, you know, like, I I mean, I couldn't help but just notice that you quoted the curious
3: primary somewhere in there, by the way. Did I? I, I might have been accidentally. <laughs> the more that we grow, the further we grow. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh,
0: that's yeah. Lyric. Oh, <laughs> shit. There I, you they go.
5: totally did. Yeah. Now, now, now,
0: now, <laughs> if, just... they, if they did get the backstage pass, would they be able to hold it like in Wayne's world when they're going back to the Alice oh, Cooper 100%. concert? Yeah. There's no yeah. other
3: way to hold it, James.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thank you. Sorry, thank, you. Sorry. Thank, you. Sorry. thank you. You're asking yeah. somebody who's never done this before. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you'll learn yeah it's backstages are funny too because like most of them are way more boring than you would think like yeah. i've been to a few like pretty cool ones with tom you know because he's like a very famous musician from the 80s so like a lot of like we were backstage at um uh, uh, what was it modern english which was really cool and a couple mm. other bigger like 80s bands that came through and it's just like you know it's just like some good food and just some booze and like I'm sure there's bands that take it to the extreme degree, but ours like ours are pretty tame because I'm getting older and everybody like Emily's 25. Everybody else is like senior <laughs> citizens in this band. So. <laughs>
0: she she was having fun in the uh, in the Waffle House videos. So. Oh my
4: God, Savannah was nut like. Okay, so to, to give you a little background though, Savannah is where Emily's from as a teenager and early adult. So every time we go to Savannah, she's like, just absolutely just off the rails. And I have to like distance myself from her because like, I mean, I love to drink. I drink all the damn time and I probably drink too much, but like being around 25 year olds and I'm 35. So, I mean, it's not like insane, but like you feel it now. It's like, damn dude. Like I can't like, and people like take a shot. I'm like, if I take a shot, I will literally die. Like not figuratively. <laughs> I will cease to exist. I will f- collapse and you will have to do CPR. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, that's like one of the nice things that uh, like touring does though, is it, it really puts like every bit of substance in perspective. And obviously I can only drink as I'm a firefighter and we get drug tested. So that's the, o- the only thing that I can do is the thing is definitely going to kill me in 20 years. But um. <laughs> you know, like you, you just, you wake up in the morning and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. We got to get our stuff packed up into the the van. We got to drive eight hours. we got to get to the venue, load in, sound check, eat something, throw a bunch of makeup on, get ready, warm up my fingers, do a little huddle, hug everybody, get on stage. And then you, and then it's like, all right, done, break down, sell merch, go to the hotel. And there's just no room for like these crazy nights and uh, so I kind of just prefer now to be on tour so that I don't like <laughs> go off the rails because if I have nothing to do, I probably will. So yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely have
3: some dates coming up and I see that mm. you're also coming to the New York area, which is yeah. awesome. Um, there was one band though, that stuck out. And by the way, I heard the CD and I absolutely loved it. Mm. And I saw that you, um, one of the bands that you were playing with, I saw the name of it and I was like, That is the greatest name that I ever heard, Ringo Death Star. Oh yeah, (laughs) I absolutely and 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 because I saw the name on your Instagram post, Mm. I actually listened to it, and it was it was really really good. Yeah. Um, Any any chance on like I guess going on more national tours with like. Uh, two bands that you're friends with and you know maybe just coming up there's a big um goth convention happening in Parsippany, new jersey Mm. actually in the month of april it's called dark side of the con yeah the birthday the birthday massacre is headlining and my friend baron who plays in um the carnivore tribute band carnivore ed they're Mm going to be doing a whole tribute set to typo negative that night oh badass that would be something cool that i would love to see you guys at on the east coast
4: yeah. Um, I'll have to look into to that uh con. I know that they asked us last year and we were just like totally unable. But um, you know, and and I'm I'm a huge fan of playing at cons because there is no better treatment like in the world. Like uh we played Dragon Con for the first time last year, and I go to Dragon Con every year anyway, because it's in Atlanta and it's just like people are like, oh, like, like. Even my nerdy friends, like, uh, I don't know, man, a con. I'm like, dude, it's drunk, crazy adult Halloween for four and d- for four days. That's it. And it's like a said, huge except party. For,
0: except for one guy that's that has a tea room in the
4: in his. Oh, base. yeah. That's, yeah. My, that's my boy. That's my that's my friend. He does the tea with Iroh. OK, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but it's just like this awesome experience. and And like they take such good care of you. They put you up in a nice hotel and they feed you and they just like. You know, it's not like going to like club X where they're like, uh, uh I think sound checks at seven, but we'll be there at eight 30. And mm. like, we don't really give a shit. So blah, blah, blah. You know, like I would say every club's like that, but you know, that's, there's a lot of places that you just show oh, yeah. up and they're, and they're just like, mm-hmm, okay. Um, and it's like, dude, this is like a, we're like a team here. Like, I want to know, like, what's your name? Sound person. Like, who are you? Like we're here to, to work with you. It's not, a, a, a combative situation but anyway um to answer your question though uh yeah like we already have uh some plans for june july uh and it's all it's probably up towards the northeast as well um because this tour that we're going on is uh, in march through april it's sort of d- like dead west to hit south by southwest uh because we got in on that and it's like you know, you got to kind of play the game with that. Like, I'm not crazy about the idea of it because there's just like hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of bands and everybody's just frantically running from one place to the next to the next. And it's, you know, but there's a lot of industry people and, you know, whether we like it or not, and I certainly don't like it, we're a business and we have to treat it that way in order to pay the bills. Like my ultimate goal is like not to become like, Dramatically wealthy, if it happens along the way, cool, but like my goal is to pay my damn bills and to just do this, you know, if I can pay my bills by uh leaving the fire department and just being a musician and doing what I'm really passionate about, like that's what I wanna do because you know if all, even if only I do it for like two or three years, like that's cool, but mm. so we gotta go pay our homage at South by, but then we're playing like a bunch of places that we haven't played before, like couple of dates in texas like el paso laredo they're playing yuma we're playing vegas which i'm so excited about because i've never been to vegas and i'm a huge fan of like kitschy like 50s like art deco mid-century modern stuff um like big neon signs i just want to see all that um but then uh through california i think two or three dates in california pacific northwest boise for tree fort and then some dates in the midwest across to new york and then back home so it's a big 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 crazy circle um and i think you know the the ideal end state is um by the end of this year moving into next year is this uh, we're in sort of indefinite cycles of of touring because our record is slated to come out in october oh. so that's the that's the grand strategy if you will <laughs> but um uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's, it's all like, everything's fluid because like COVID is still a thing. It's still out there. It's still killing, you know, 2000 plus people a day. And, you know, it's still the reality. It's still a reality that I have to contend with when I'm acting as a paramedic uh, as in the fire department. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I, I do, I'm optimistic. You know, I, I read a lot of, I read a lot of smart, like people that are way smarter than me that are not politicians. I just read scientists who say, Hey, here's the hard line science. Here's what the data shows. And I'm optimistic. Uh, So yeah, ultimately I think moving into this year, we're going to see a lot better days. I think the Omicron was like a thing that Omicron variant like kind of, it wiped a lot of people out, but it also gave a lot of people immunity. So they're already seeing data that's suggesting that we're, we have like an innate immunity, so fingers crossed. But anyway, you know, I don't want to go, go too hopefully far we're in the, that. And we're at the end of this. Thing, yeah. So. yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of
4: people need it. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. I think, I, think. I
0: think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy, especially uh, the drive from, from Vegas to LA when you go through like Palm Springs and everything. Cause that's the real art yeah. deco stuff. Um, and then when you get out to Boise, I love Boise. If you like little small college towns, Boise's like that. Yeah. Um, I, was, yeah. I was up there a few times and I like that place, but that's a, uh, it's going to be a fun tour. That's going to be a lot of driving. You're going to yeah. you're going to see a lot of nothing.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's it's uh, I think there's uh there's something beautiful about like those expanses where you're just like out in the big sky and it's just like I mean even if it's just like flat horizon and you don't get these like crazy mountains or, you know, vistas or anything. Um you know, it it just clears your head in this like kind of weird cathartic way and it's like super nice. Uh, we drove, we, we actually went to Boise on our last tour because we played Tree Fort Festival last year. And uh yeah, when we hit like Utah and and parts of Colorado and up in Idaho, like all that all that deserty kind of scrub brushy vista area is just like it's so beautiful and it's just like uh there there's those like real cool moments when four people are just sitting in the van and you're just everybody's quiet and you're just like kind of taken in like the real splendor of like our country. It's a beautiful place. It's a really for all the problems and all the bullshit and all the division and all the things that we can like hate ourselves for. Like there, there there is some really incredible stuff about this country. Uh, And I think like the physical beauty of this country is definitely one of those top things where we can all like sort of get like, if, we could all agree that this place is pretty, pretty rad beauty. But- yeah, you know, like he's, as he's far got, as the view uh, right behind him. So, so that's proof. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh,
0: to, this is the great Smoky mountains right here. So this yeah. is, this is, <laughs> this is Pigeon Forge, but, uh, I like I was um, i'm actually I like I was i'm actually really excited because now, now, now that gives me two things to get re- excited about for october the the potential of a new album and also i get to go to halloween horror nights for the first time so nice. i get to enjoy that my wife's a huge haunted house fan and cool it's one of the few places where i could take her she's a paraplegic i could actually take mm. her into those places because usually they're kind of yeah. a skosh on the cramp side but that one's gonna be oh, big no, enough no it's gonna nice. be fun
3: no trunk or treat for you this year
0: <laughs> oh God! Trunk or treats. <laughs> so they didn't know. So so I have to I have to explain this. They don't know what trunk or treat is. Okay, that it, it, you know, being in the oh, south, yeah. trunk it's it is the I lamest version of trick or treating ever humanly conceived. Yeah, it it takes all the fun out of it.
4: Yeah, they do that a lot on military bases too. It's really lame. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: See, <laughs> They didn't do that the one in Charleston when I was active duty down there. They uh but we had to use the, the TSA scanners to scan all the chocolate because that was that was in like 2003, 2004, 2005, and 2006 where, you know, like there's still the big scare of like razor blades and and, and candy apples. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, "God bless. Give it. me a break." Um, I mean, we're in North Charleston, but we're not that bad, okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh boy <laughs> uh, too funny um with this uh at vision video album your your first one here inked mm. in red um i hear i hear a lot of influences uh from obviously the cure mm-hmm. and uh you're a huge uh, bauhaus fan and, yeah uh, I, I i'm not a huge well i i do i do like gothic and and uh stuff like that but uh, yeah I, I love the mission oh absolutely i hear a lot of the mission in this album
4: yeah 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 i mean for sure wayne's guitar playing is like one of those things where it's just so like integral to that sound i think him and johnny marr are like huge influences because they just they take these like beautiful like kind of jazz and blues chords and they do these syncopated picking Mm. schemes where they do uh uh, string skipping and that's Mm. a lot of what i do is, is these like i come up with a I'll, I'll play like a chord that I think is really lovely and I'll try to like manipulate it to, to have variants uh, variance that, that kind of has its own melody and its own sort of voice to it. Instead of just like just this intense strumming that you hear a lot of the times with, uh, cause I'm a r- rhythm guitar player. I don't really play a lot of leads. I don't do like, you know, scales and shred and all that stuff. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's, it, it, it's funny because I think a lot of people, have a very like predefined image of like what goth rock is. And like, mm. so sort of that whole milieu of music is a very uh, controversial uh, thing to talk about, especially on the goddamn internet, because it's like, <laughs> I mean, you just think like you're, you're like, you, I mean, you're just, you're saying the most like heretical things possible to people um but if you really do the research and kind of read about the the genre of music and the subculture at large as it is now, it's like it's not a real thing. Like it just got made up like, right. you know, all, there, you had these bands like Joy Division, um, Bauhaus, uh, Susie and the Banshees. Uh, The Cure, et cetera, Like all the big classics from the late 70s and early 80s. And none of these people were like, oh, we're the goths, right? Like, you guys are goths? We're goths? Like, we're goths now. Okay, this is goth rock. And they never even called themselves that. No, it, it wasn't until Susie Sue was like, interviewed in like 80 something. And she and they said, Well, how would you describe the Banshee's music? And she said, Well, it's got this sort of gothic aesthetic to it or something like that and they're like oh there it is there's the name boom <laughs> goth g o t h we can sell this now uh, and i think once you know the media and the record industry especially sunk their claws into sort of, it's the same exact thing that happened to punk you know punk was like punk was an identified movement where people were like yeah this is punk rock like we are the punk rock movement we're 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 making music that challenges paradigms of institutionalized whatever and then the record industry just like descended like some evil madman and just like was like ha, and then had their marionette puppet boy bands that they were just like churning out and that's actually why goth came to be was a lot of those more sort of avant-garde art- artist types in that scene like Susie sue and and you know peter murphy and all these guys um they said ah you know this has become really like marketed and 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 people are being sort of bought and sold let's let's just like make something that is focusing on the art it's still political it's still meaningful but w- let's like bend a lot of the narratives that we're used to and just make like really and you know, I mean, if you really go back and you listen to like, like say "Juju" by Susie and the Banshees, a lot of those songs are like very bizarre, like noisy. Mm-hmm. They don't really have like coherent uh, writing structure. It's just kind of noise a lot of the time. Uh, but they were, but every now and then they would write these beautiful songs. Uh, you know, that were just so like like dazzled by Susie and the Banshees, like one of the most beautifully written songs of all time, or "In the Flat Field" by Bauhaus, like lyrically and and, uh, sonically one of the most intense songs of all time. But, um, you know, these bands uh, existed in this time where it was just truly about that art form. And I think it's really unfortunate that the same exact thing happened to sort of goth or post-punk music um, because it became like, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you remember when zombies were like scary and cool like yes, Lomero, before Zack Snyder's like,
3: Dawn of the Dead.
4: Yeah, and yeah, and then it's like The Walking Dead and then all this shit and it and it just made it like a caricature. And there's still value to some of it. Like some of The Walking Dead is like kind of cool. Like the first season of The Walking Dead was great and then after that, I don't know, but like it got inundated with money and influence of people that didn't understand what its truest form was about. And that's why it got so diluted and crazy. And now I, it's like kind of a joke in and of itself. Like you could put like a zombie on uh, like a, like a Super Bowl commercial and people would be like, Oh yeah, just shoot it in the head. <laughs> like it wouldn't, and then nobody, like nobody would have, you wouldn't have to explain the lore of like shooting a zombie in the head. It was just like, Oh, we get it. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. Like you put a, a kid in like a leather jacket with spikes and like shitty makeup on, and they're like, oh, that's a goth. I bet he listens to Marilyn Manson. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you think he does? You know, like, and so one of one of my things, and this has been kind of by design. If I would I'd be a little remiss if I didn't say it wasn't by design, but one of the things that I wanted to do, we got that from like the very beginning was like, hey kids. Like, it's your dear old goth dad, like, in my 30s. They think that I'm, like, 90 years old. But, like, I'm like, look, this scene is a real thing. Number one, don't take it too seriously. But number two, know your shit. Like, and here's all this stuff. Here's all this stuff. Because there's a bunch of idiots out there that are trying to convince you that, like, you know, uh, Machine Gun Kelly is goth. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, uh, dear God. oh he is not. You know, like, oh, man. And it's not. And and people are like, well, you're just gatekeeping. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the same exact thing. Is it's literally the same exact thing as saying like, uh you know, Chuck Berry is death metal. Right. Chuck Berry's great, but he's not death metal. He's definitely you know not. it's you know and and i mean th- there's obviously situations where genres blend and meld and again there are no rules really ultimately culture defines itself like s- especially subcultures define themselves people within the the umbrella of that subculture dif- dictate what is in and what's not and then that's just like kind of how things are but you know my i i feel like i have this cool opportunity to be like hey guys like you're 18 and you're probably wondering like what should I look at? And I'm and I'm always going to tell them, like, it's fine if you like Machine Gun Kelly. It's totally fine. And don't ever let and some fucking middle-aged dude like me come on the Internet and be like, fuck you for liking that because you like what you like. You don't get to decide that. But if you want to be part of this thing, like you can do that, but you can you got to you got to know what this comes from and yeah. what this is so that you can appreciate the differences right. and 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 do it with like grace and like still move forward and and like have some intelligence and some design because to me like you know a lot of people ask me like why the goth stuff why all this why like why what do you do like i have a job in a, as a firefighter and a paramedic and i come home put a bunch of makeup on get on front, in like front of a camera and do shit on tiktok all day like <laughs> and you know to me it's it's something that is so important to my life because I, I do see a lot of macabre and death and and horrible things. And, and to be able to enact this form of theater, because that's all it is. is It's just this like theater manifest. It's like this modern day uh, vaudevillian thing that we're doing. Uh, And it's, it's an exaggeration. Like when I play with vision video, uh, and I go in front of an audience and perform live everything from my makeup to my facial expressions to my mindset is, is p- projected into a place of intense, awful shit. I mean, just things that you that I don't even feel comfortable telling people that are very close to me, uh, oftentimes that I've seen and been a part of. Uh, and, and And I use that to exercise this this, this, this bad place, but I do it in a way that's like meaningful and artistic. And I think there's a lot of kids. I mean, like we're, we're living in a society. Like, I mean, if, if you really think about it, like think about being between the ages of 17 and 22 right now, like all these kids have PTSD probably because they've been in a fucking pandemic and they're, and they all they want to do is go out and hang out with their friends. And every single person is like, you can't do that. You're going to kill your grandma, blah, 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 blah. And, like, yeah, they have to be restrained, and they can't just do whatever they want right now. But, like, that affects you. And, and that's I think that's part of, like, why this stuff resonates in a way is, like, we're all, you know, we are all going through a collective uh, awful time. And, and I think that that music like if you and again not to get too long winded mm-hmm. into this stuff but like if you look at where that music came from it's not just because punk got appropriated by record companies we all thought the world was going to end in the early 80s i mean like right. what was that movie that they put on like abc uh where the nuclear the day war after. the day after the day after like that shit was on like 7 p.m. TV like <laughs> literally like, literally people depiction. calling
0: 911 to freaking to report
5: a nuclear blast that happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean yeah, Reagan demanded and,
5: they air it on primetime.
4: Right. So yeah. you know there's a lot of that kind of uh of stuff that's very similar. I mean look at Russia and Ukraine right now right. like I mean they, and and again it's like the narrative is being sold to people like hey go to war like we need to do this, we need to protect western concepts of democracy and freedom when in reality it's, it's it's so like nebulous at best and um so you know and, and and these kids aren't stupid they know that they're being lied to uh you know these kids now are that are 18 to 22 are are so much smarter than we realize because you know we 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 like to crap on sort of gen z because they're so inundated with media but like mm. they also have had nothing but, you know, constant information thrown at them their entire lives. Whereas we like went outside and like beat trees with sticks and like right, right. shot BB guns at windows and shit. Like we did dumb shit. Licks we batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know, uh, I, I just think there's a lot of value to this stuff. And, and I mean, for better or for worse, it sort of gets wrapped into this like concept of goth. Um, and I, I, I would just as well, if like, we all just stop referring to it as anything, but for brevity's sake and for the necessity of understanding, you know, we have to go, well, yeah, like I'm a goth, you know, when I was like, in my mid twenties, I was like, ah, I'm not a goth. That's like a stupid thing to call yourself. But now I'm like, yeah, like, of course I am. Like I'm a walking stereotype. I own a hearse and my house okay. is black. Like I'm a fucking goth. So <laughs> uh, Well, maybe. actually I wanted to, I wanted
0: to commend you because, um, you, you show a way of coping with, uh, with what you've seen and, and what you've experienced in life a different way than say, like, um, I always, I always talk about the way uh, vet TV does the, the dark and really just really messed up humor ways yeah. of doing things as a coping mechanism whereas you do it in a different way and it shows shows people that hey there's not just the one way of just being a complete and total you know jerkwad every once you know and do do really yeah. dark humor that way there's there's other ways right. of coping with this stuff and there's other ways of of getting around the issues like like listening to kandahar and and listening to those songs really you know and really listening to them and getting deep into the songs you can you, you can hear the 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 pain and the and the stuff that you're trying to t- you know you're trying to get these emotions out in a, in a yeah. healthy way and that's a, yeah it's a yeah. very powerful
3: thing to say there's yeah. genuine love and empathy behind what you do so Thanks. it's really awesome that it transfers
4: yeah i mean and that's what it that's what it boils down to for me is like you know i i think and honestly, way more now, even than in the military, like, I, I mean, I just, I've seen some really brutally terrible things in the past couple of years and let alone just like the, the constant running of COVID patients who are like very critical Who are like, it's like, and they're like, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, I don't know, man, like, I'm going to do everything I can to, to keep you okay. But you know, and especially in the past year where it's like, did you get vaccinated? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I, I I can't, I can't tell you, but you know uh, being in that world um, has driven me uh, to a lot of personal inner, like my life, my personal life and my emotional life is sort of a giant chaotic mess. Uh, But it, the, the, the one real overriding benefit that kind of gets ahead of all that stuff is that I've gained? Uh, I think a lot of uh, ability to to desire for just goodness, you know, and and just just making things better uh, in in small ways. I, I'm really obsessed with this band um, called Frightened Rabbit, and they're from uh, Scotland, and uh, they're they're kind of a indie folk band that operated from like I think like 2007 till about 2000. 17 and um actually my guitar is the previously owned by the lead singer and guitarist uh, which is his name was scott hutchison and unfortunately uh a couple of years after i i won his guitar randomly in an auction for some charity i like put in some bid and i was like there's no way i'm gonna win this and and i won it and i was like first of all i was like oh cool and then i was like oh shit i have to pay for that so uh yeah <laughs> and, I had like that's a, a, and
3: that's a fender jazz master that you uh, play correct
4: I play, a, I do have a jazz master, but this is a 64 Fender Jag. Uh, wow. And so it's fit similar. And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's a beautiful guitar, but uh, he unfortunately died uh, uh, by taking his own life a couple of years ago. And um, you know, he, there's this one song that, that he had uh, and one of his sort of central concepts with art and music was um you know we're all kind of fucked up but uh we need to make tiny changes to earth uh like uh, you know one of in one of his songs the lyric is like while i'm alive i'm i'll make tiny changes to earth and it's kind of cheesy in a way but i mean he was really genuine about it and uh i highly recommend you go check out uh, any of his live performances uh scott hutchison with frightened rabbit i mean he's he just has this way with words and this beautiful soul that he just, you know, bared maybe too much. And, uh, you know, I, I I think I've been trying in the past several years since he passed, especially to like do exactly that, you know, it's just so easy to like be shitty and be, Mm. I don't know, just be like a jerk to people or, or, or even, or like even more pervasive, not just being, outright negative or mean or something, but just like uncaring, yeah. you know, just like turning a cold shoulder. It's so easy to just turn a shoulder to things like racism, like hearing a racist comment in the Walmart uh, while somebody's watching the person say it and and we do nothing or, you know, hearing somebody say uh, something shitty to, you know, somebody who's in a condition that's not, you know, of their own doing like um, mental health or congenital disease or, or whatever. Like, um, you know, we, we just, we, there's so many times that we just like stop ourselves from making a difference. And I I do that, you know, we all do it. It's something, but it's so simple and it's something it costs nothing other than our time and our effort. And I think that if we all did like 10% more, like this place would be so much better uh and if we just listened a little bit more, maybe too, but uh I, I don't know. Um uh I, I I certainly hope that that's something that comes through the music and and uh I think our next record is very different in a lot of ways. Um so I was
2: ask how much different was it gonna be from this the first yeah,
4: it, I think sonically it's just different you know you'll you'll see it like right off the bat. Uh I think we're a lot better musicians because we know each other now we all all four of us are like super we like we all anticipate what we're what each other are doing now so songwriting has become a lot more fluid and it's really nice now uh we actually just like spent the day kind of fleshing out some of the songs that i had written that we hadn't really dug into with the other band members and we just knocked them out like super easily today because it's like I just kind of know what they're going to do and they know what I'm doing. And um, so sonically it's, you're getting some songs that are a little bit more uh, you still get that like sense of eighties nostalgia, but you're getting some different angles of it. Uh, We have a song that sounds like very much so like the cult. Um, Mm -hmm. We have uh, a really heavy song. That's kind of death rock, like 45 grave Christian death, very violent, um, very angry song. I mean, it comes from a place of anger. Um, We've got like this really beautiful ballady song where Emily and I harmonize and it's kind of um, it's kind of a love song about mortality, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, I, I kind of wrote it with her uh, and, and, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of couples that have either had the other person die or like one of them is dying And I kind of was in that mind space to explore that uh, because it's kind of, it's awful, but it's also kind of beautiful in a way. I don't know if that makes sense Uh, because you're seeing the end of something natural and it does happen to all of us. We, you know, those of us lucky to have a love forever and for a lifetime uh, one day that ends and I've seen that and it's a, it's a profound moment, I should say. Uh, So there's, there's, there's angles like that. Uh, There's, some, some sort of exegesis of society in the past couple of years, um, that is explored through the lens of everything that I've seen, uh, just as a person experiencing the visceral nature of this stuff for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily in an angry place, but more of a, just kind of, um, an observant, just like, this is what I felt and what I've seen. But, um, And then a couple songs are very, um, like, just, like, we have this one, I mean, it's again, we have another one, sort of a ballady kind of thing. And you can actually go hear it right now, uh, because there's a demo out that I put for uh, this this, um, publication called Destroy Exist. They did a really, really wonderful compilation called a growing scarcity of expectation, which I thought was just such a cool name. Um, But you can actually listen to the song. I think I like I gave it a working name called hearts on fire or something like that. Um, But it's a very slow, just sort of um, uh, you know, kind of exploration into my mental health uh, when I was at a really, tough time in the middle of the pandemic yeah. uh so basically yeah you're getting a lot of different angles of of my life but also societal stuff and a lot of these songs are really dancey very upbeat still but there's a little bit of more of a punch to some of them a little bit more punk uh and even some metal uh stuff going on so a little bit of something for everybody i think and Sounds i mean amazing. it's still it's literally taking shape before our eyes right now so mm-hmm. uh i'm excited just to see what it really becomes because we record this stuff and then, you know, Tom as a producer, not only just a member of the band now, but as his, in his production sense, I mean, he really has this insane skill and I'm just so excited to see like how he kind of puts his magic and his, his yeah, sort of yeah, dark yeah. Tom Ashton Dower, you know, gothy British dark magic on this stuff. <laughs> Cool. well, I just from that description alone, I can't
2: wait to hear what the, you guys come out with. It's awesome. It's gonna be good. Cool. So, yeah.
5: I really look forward to it. I I really enjoyed this record. My my girlfriend Sammy actually loves you guys because um, when Wayne was first talking about this, he just mentioned uh, the got dad stuff. Which mm. yeah, cringe. not really my type of humor, but I get it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it's cool, but um, loved it. Soon as I heard it, the videos are awesome. But um, and you mentioned the Cure, Violets Bands like that. But what uh, what it actually reminded me the most of, especially with the emotion and everything, is uh, Stibitours, Lords of the New Church.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're and, great. Um, you know?
5: But every it, it, we, you and I are actually the same age, and everything you mentioned was just a, a big influence on me too. You know, Christian Death, different things like that. So I'm really excited to hear the second one.
4: Cool yeah yeah I think you yeah. all like it it's it's um it's it's very different but um I think it's one of those things that shows like also our future and like kind of where we're you know the i i think one of my favorite things about music and my mm-hmm. and my favorite bands like the cure uh especially is is probably the best example, but there's, you know, many other examples, but um is, is when a band can put out a good record and then do something totally different, but it's still them, but it's better even, even though mm-hmm. it's different. And I think, you know, music evolves and people evolve as we grow older and we experience more and we're, we're privy to different things. Um, You know, tastes change within the musicians themselves. I mean, what I was listening to now is totally different from when I was listening to two years ago. And um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a, it's one of the most magnificent parts of, of music is that it can change and evolve. And, and we all get to be kind of like spectators to that. It's, it really is like this sort of insight to the person or the people that are making it and i think that that's uh that's like a really powerful thing that you can't get off of social media or right. you know whatever else it's like only in that in that format in a way
3: yeah. and to piggyback on what greg said I mean, for me what i loved about it was that it reminded me of the cure joy division Bauhaus, sisters of mercy all bands i grew up loving and especially the first album from dead can dance their self-titled album yeah so um, that to me is, I mean, and I love that can't dance, but I mean, for me, the their first album was like the greatest thing that they've ever done, especially um, the one that is a compilation of the first album with the uh, arcane EP. Yeah. So, and, and I think your debut album is amazing. And if the quality of the second album uh, matches it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I sure I speak for all of us when I say, we really hope that it takes you to the next level. Definitely.
4: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our goal is to kind of, I think we're going to sort of market this to a broader audience in a way. And it's not that the music is any more or less accessible. I think we just have something that is inherently listenable because we're writing from a place of honesty, uh, (laughs) which is not always easy to do, you know, when you're writing from places of trauma and stuff like that. But I think it comes across and, uh, you know, I mean, like I said earlier on, like, you know, my goal is not to make a ton of money if it happens. Cool. Like I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm also terrified of that. Uh, but. Well, then you'll be able to buy the tool. Uh, well. <laughs> yeah. then I can finally, <laughs> I can if, meet, if There was incentive finally, not to
3: make that much money.
4: <laughs> the ultimate goal is just to buy that tool comp. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I just, I just simply want to pay my bills and like have a little mm-hmm. saved away for a rainy day while I figure out, Post Vision video plans, um, but you know, ultimately, like I'll, I'll kind of I I, have, I do have to get out of here, but uh, I, I'll leave you kind of with like a last little vignette of like why this means so much to me, and it was um, we we were on tour from September to October, and our last date was um, in Memphis. And it wasn 't like the best attended show, like all of our shows were pretty well attended, but it was it was not you know like crazy uh but we were all like you know' we're, like at the end of a tour you're tired like you're you're very ready to go That's home, right. you know I have like three cats, I was just like, man, I just want to see my cats and like watch a shitty horror movie and pass out but um we we're getting ready, and like the last couple shows on a tour, you really have to like get in front of a mirror and like okay psych yourself up like let's do this get the energy the same energy goes into every show like that's my that's my like promise to our fans it doesn't matter if there's two of you out there or there's a thousand at a show like you're gonna get the same show Uh, but sometimes at the end you have to like lie to yourself and be like all right let's go do this so I kind of got myself in the right headspace and I walked out and um this woman was there and they had kind of like opened the doors early and I was like, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, so she comes up and, and she was like, Hey, um, she's like, you're dusty. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't in any of the makeup or anything yet. And she's like, Hey, I I don't want to bother you. Uh, but if I could take a couple of minutes of your time, I was like, yeah, totally. What's going on. And she said, uh, basically, you know, my brother was in Iraq in the early two thousands, like in the early part of the war, he came back and he just had like, debilitating PTSD and he tried real hard to get through it for a couple of years, but he ended up taking his life. Mm. And she told me, you know, she was like, you know, listening to your music helped me understand him and it helped me get to know him in a way that I don't think I ever would have without this. And it, and I mean, it just, it just nearly crippled me, you know, and I managed to keep my composure because I immediately recognize, you know, how valuable a moment that was and how right. uh how how meaningful that was to both of us. Uh and that's what it all is to me. And and ever since that, you know, I, I mean I've 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 known that in the back of my head, but it wasn't until that succinct moment where I was like, This is the power of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you, you want to
2: somebody actually tells you that, you yeah, know, so you yeah. don't know, so. yeah.
4: And it, I mean, you know, and I started on the way home that last leg home to Athens the next day, I was like thinking a lot about, like, Why do you do this? like. Why do you spend 30 to 40 hours on social media every week? uh, And then the countless hundreds of hours of songwriting and production and recording and practice, and then getting in a van for eight hours uh, to go to a place to be uncomfortable and sweaty and yeah, have a good time, but then like load up and do it again. You know, there's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, uh, of stress and pressure on your body and your mind, uh, but you know, it was like that this can only happen through this process, uh, because it's like a conversation, and that's what that's like the thing that I always tell people at shows is music is a conversation, and I'm only half of that conversation. I create the sort of genesis of the conversation and the message to to be f- the first volley of the message, so to speak. But if there's nobody there to sort of commiserate and receive feedback, then it's just me like sort of yelling into the void and that's fine. I mean, there's value to that, but it's just, uh, I think it's a uniquely beautiful thing that we can, we can have that like, conversation in motion and through action and that's that's just a cool thing yeah that's why i love music so much and yeah that's absolutely. Why i love
2: your album vision video oh, uh, thanks inked in red I, I can't, i'm terrible at <laughs> it, but, uh, Inked in red. so go buy that and, and get ready for the next album uh hopefully in october yeah you know how things happen so yeah but uh should, yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, it should be in october but uh, good luck with everything and where can people go to find the uh, vision video stuff
4: uh yeah, so there's I guess it depends on your flavor. Uh the first thing I recommend is the hub which is just visionvideoband uh, com. That's got links to everything on there so you can you can it's also our store so you can check out our YouTube, our our TikTok, our Instagram, it's all linked there. Uh, But you can also check out some merch to support us. We've got CDs. Uh, We don't have any vinyl right now because it's sold out, which is a good problem to have. But we've got a bunch of shirts. We should be reissuing vinyl soon Um, and just a variety of stuff. But then if you're looking for a little more levity in your life that's like goth flavored, go over to TikTok. and you'll see me embarrassing myself on a regular basis, uh, but it's very entertaining. Uh, and then, you know, our, in, our Instagram is more music orientated, uh, but it also has a lot of my like makeup stuff. Um, you know, I, I, for those of you that don't know anything about me, uh, I, I originally, before I joined the army, I actually learned to be a makeup effects artist. Cause that's, I was going to like move to California to do that because I was always fascinated by horror films. Mm. So I do a lot of like, look at the day. Like, you know, just goth makeup tutorials. I do it for mass men and masculine presenting people. I do it for women. I do special effects stuff. I do a little bit of everything. So um, but the Instagram is generally more music orientated. So if you're looking for tour dates, it's also on the website, but uh, yeah, just go to the website. It's all oh, there. The it's so all there. The, website. Oh, <laughs> uh, the one thing
2: though, where in New York were you going to play?
4: Uh, we are playing at uh, the Red Party at the Mercury Lounge uh, with um, Rose Garden uh, Funeral Party, um, and that will be April 10th. I think that hasn't been announced yet officially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on our our announcement for tour, but they're not selling tickets yet. Uh, I will say, if you guys are going to come to that, uh, I don't even know where, where in New York is that uh that mm-hmm. is i think in manhattan okay. if i'm not mistaken yeah. it's either Gregory
3: lounges uh, in the somewhere in the village yes. that area
4: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's a cool spot i mean it's a really neat place um you guys hit me up i'll, I'll make sure that you guys are listed so that if y'all want to come by but uh yeah, everybody you. else out there um you know make sure when that when that keep an eye on our instagram that's actually a good thing to keep an eye on the instagram for because that will sell out between yeah. us and rose garden funeral party like it's, it's going to sell out awesome. um so please mm-hmm. do check that out and try to get your tickets quick that's right get those tickets quick and go yeah. and visit dusty
2: and watch all his videos because he's very funny and very informative for everything that you post there and uh good luck Thank with you. the new album and and thanks go to guys review.com and check out all our stuff and go to musicals life
4: podcast.com and uh anything else yeah. You guys stay strange and, you know, keep uh, keep on doing the good stuff. Keep on getting the good word about music out there. We will try. We will keep
3: trying. And may you all find a goth girl out there that loves Taco Bell.
4: Yes. <laughs> and the waffle house. And waffle house. <laughs> there you go. i right.
5: uh, am have code you on blue the, guy uh, myself.
0: A
2: code blue. Guy. <laughs> code blue. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and right. we hope to have you on uh, when the uh, new album comes out yeah, well. yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, we'd love definitely that. hit me up, uh, you know, I'll have a lot to talk about at that point cuz we'll have two tours of stories to go over, so wow. that's the best thing too is like now that we've gotten all the precursor stuff out of the way, we can talk about all the embarrassing stuff that I've done oh, on tour. So. Yeah. And Emily, too. She's got some stories. Yeah, so. yeah. I I, actually, Emily, but, I'll bring her out, too. And all right, we'll, cool. We'll get yeah, her to yeah, hang awesome. great. Awesome, yeah, yeah, man. she's That's more good. fun than I am. So. I'm,
1: I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Ratsaw Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mahias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spinoffs, such as. Album versus Album, Screams from the Grave where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA with James Elquist and Eric Adams. No relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City. The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira. Schmack a look a to you too, Ralph. The Timo Toki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Tolkien. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the Cheese Please a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Life podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to ratsawreview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsa Review Network. We're We're taking taking over. over.